Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast with your hosts Jason, Jacob, and Jeff. And this one is a fun one. So we've got the wife's on this episode, and we basically talk about balancing life, family life, and hunting time, and how we've managed to do that, some of the uh, some of the issues we've run into, things we've implemented to sort of work around them, so we laugh a lot in this one, and uh, I think this is also our longest episode to date, so hope you enjoy this one. We had a ton of fun recording it, so hopefully you guys get something out of it. Before we get into that, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. As you guys know and have heard, Monster Whitetail Grub is an Ohio deer feed company, so they source their product from Ohio, even down to their packaging. They try to get that from Ohio. It's a it's a great high-protein mineral feed, so it's it's got all different kinds of grains and corn, and you can get add-ins like peanuts and extra protein and things like that. It's got flavor in it, so it's like a long-range attractant, so you can get apple, persimmon, blackberry, uh, white oak acorn. That's, that's just a few. There's a few others I, I can't think of off the top of my head, but so... They've got the feed. They do have a flavored corn option, and then you can also just get straight mineral, which is is now is a great time to be getting that stuff out for new antler growth. We're already starting to see the uh, the antlers start to sprout, and uh, as well as the sort of last term of gestation for the does getting ready to drop fawns, and they're going to start lactating, and that mineral is great to get those deer started off on on the right foot. So. If you're interested, if that sounds like something that you'd like to implement on your hunting property, contact Monster White Tail Grub. There'll be links to their information in the show notes. That's the best way to get a hold of them on their Facebook or Instagram page and uh, see what they can do for you. So with that, let's get into the episode. We've got the wives in the studio, so we are all sharing mics. So if the audio is a little weird, just forgive us, right? We're uh, making do. And we're excited about this one. So what we're going to talk about is balancing family time and hunting time. And how we sort of have managed that over the time, over our the, the span of our marriages so far. What kind of little uh, or big sort of throwdowns we've had related to it. And things that we do with kids and how to manage all of these things. So, I want a good, clean fight, no hitting below the belt, and let's get into it. So with that, what I'm going to do, since you guys, the listeners, haven't met our wives or don't know who they are, I'm going to have them go around and sort of introduce themselves a little bit. So, why don't you guys say your name, who you're married to, and you can talk a little bit about what you do for a living, sort of how many kids, how old they are, that sort of thing, and any other details that you want to share, and then we'll get into sort of our topic for the day. So Amanda is my wife. She is going to start, and I stole her thunder. Her name is Amanda. (laughs) Yep, my name is Amanda, and as you said, I'm married to Jason. We have one little girl. Her name is Ella, and she's three, and I am a financial coach, so I own my own business, Financial Coaching. Hi, this is Lindsay. I'm Jacob's wife. We've been married almost six years. Um, I am a part-time NICU nurse. We have 
two children. Lily is our oldest. She's three and a half. And Zachary is one. And they are a handful, but we love them dearly. And, um, and NICU, NICU, I'm sorry to interrupt, but NICU is the little, for the, those that you don't know, those are the little tiny preemie babies, right? Like, yeah, the neonatal intensive care unit. NICU. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been doing that for seven and a half years. These are the small ones. If you guys have ever had a kid in the NICU, you'll know. But if you haven't, like small, what's the smallest one you've ever had, you've ever taken care well, of? Some are under a pound. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. Are you serious? Yes, I'm absolutely serious. Like 15 ounces. How long have we known each other and I didn't know that? We've known each other a long time. Segway. Jacob and I have known each other since seventh grade. You're really good at this. I'm a rock star. <laughs> we met in middle school band class so we've known each other a long time so i had slim shady hair at the time (laughs) i just remember that (laughs) hook line and sinker (laughs) all right amber you're up i'm amber i am married to jeff we don't have any kids but um if you pay attention to the facebook or instagram we have dogs and obi is the uh renowned Pomeranian shed hunting dog. <laughs> um, we're working on it. He's, he's, he found a rib, so we're doing better. Um, I work in, in the insurance industry in farm and agribusiness insurance. Um, I'm the only one of the group that didn't grow up here, so um, I'm new to the group. Jeff and I have known each other for about nine years, I think. We met in college, and we got married um, in October of 2016. Okay, so now that you all sort of know... Who's with who? Oh, we didn't say how long we were married, so Amanda's going to share that detail. We have been married for over eight years. We got married in October of 2010. Did okay. you have her share that because you didn't know? Well, you know, you get, yes. put, you, get, <laughs> you get put on the spot, right? And your mind blanks. It's like trying to do math in front of people. It's really simple anniversary. 10 9 10. <laughs> I did that on purpose, right? So it's easy to remember. I had to write mine down before we started. I'm like, wait, when's our anniversary? And I wrote it down and made sure that it was right with Jeff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, because you get put on the spot and you forget these things. I knew it was 10, 9, 10, but like to do the math real quick in my head, I'm an engineer. I'm not good at math. That's also, scary. Amber, Amber did the math wrong oh. because uh, <laughs> it would be eight years that we because we we started dating a week after your wedding oh. mm. so if you guys have been married for eight years then we've only known each other for eight years i was giving us credit for all of this year unless you're planning yeah. on getting divorced this year no. <laughs> well, maybe after this podcast we'll see we'll see how this upcoming hunting season goes <laughs> well in okay. full disclosure my wife looked at me when she said how long we've been married, and I was just going to agree with whatever she said because I, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, what she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we all know, right, we've been doing this long enough that uh, hunting can put a strain on a marriage, put a strain on family time because it requires time. We've got a quite a different dynamic here, which is why I think this is – interesting conversation and we've had listeners ask us a little bit about this right so jeff and amber you guys both hunt and so that's one dynamic 
Jacob and Lindsay, you guys are in the medical field, so you have very, um, what's the word, non-traditional schedules, right, that, that you got to work around. Amanda and I are sort of the, I guess maybe the, as, as most normal as it gets. Plain Jane, right? I don't know, sort of standard nine to fives, if you will. And she can kind of sort of with being self-employed can kind of make her own schedule, right? She's got to meet with clients when they're available. But so anywho, getting into this, right? I guess let's start with this. When you guys got married, and I'm, I'm talking to you ladies, right? When you said, I do... Did you know what you were getting into? Did you know what you were signing up for? Amanda, you're shaking your head no. No, I didn't. Because, Jason, you were in college for basically the entire time that we dated. And so you didn't go hunting. You didn't go to the cabin. You didn't do any of those things. And so when we got married and you started going to the cabin more often, I'm like, why are you leaving all of the time? I didn't know that that was a thing that you did regularly. Yeah, and I, I probably could have hunted. I went, I went to school out of state, right? So I would have had to buy an out of state license or drive home. And I went to a school that had a like. A, I went to school for three months, and then I worked at a co op job for three months. And so you know, there was no real easy way to kind of take a break for deer season or anything. So I didn't do a lot of hunting while we were in college, and that was a lot of our sort of dating years so then we got married and i uh surprise (laughs) so how about you guys amber so i pretty much did know what i was getting into i would say um growing up my brother hunted um and then when i graduated college i lived with him so i saw basically my brother and sister-in-law doing it um and he would go down to the cabin his hunting cabin for a week and and so i I would say I pretty much did know what I was getting into with Jeff. Um, and then the added weirdness now that I hunt too, I guess maybe it was part to spend time with him. But Do you remember the conversation we had when you told me when your birthday was, like when we first met? Do you remember that conversation? I feel like you were just like, no, that's not going to work. So my birthday is November 29th, which every few years falls on the first day of deer season, gun season (laughs) in Ohio. So he basically was like, yeah, we're going to need to move your birthday. (laughs) So I will say that a lot of birthdays spent apart. Uh, I do make some concessions, make him make some concessions, such as bringing me ice cream home from a place that he drives by on the way home. A lot of times it's close to Thanksgiving, so I'll just stay with my mom or my sister um, so I don't have to be by myself on my birthday, but that's definitely one of them that has been like, I don't get a birthday, but we usually try to do it the weekend before or after. We literally scheduled Ella's C-section around deer hunting. We had to look at the calendar and see when the date would ever fall in, in into deer week, and we scheduled it around that. And I was like, this is not a conversation I thought I would be having that's next level stuff there, right, guys? <laughs> wow. I mean, hit I'm, me up on social, right, if, if you would do the same thing. We did the same with our second child. We specifically did the best we could to avoid having a deer season baby. Uh, we took a little break, as hard as it is, to uh, <laughs> avoid that. Um, 
and it sorry mom <laughs> <laughs> and it uh i forgot your mom listens to this um she's one of our top <laughs> listeners she's great at it um anyhow um i love you mom so yeah we um we had this similar conversation we were like well we don't want this to happen we don't want to have a baby during deer season because that would just make things more difficult so we I still kind of, I don't want to say failed, because, I mean, no child is a failure, obviously. But um, Zach was born, uh, my son was born Christmas Eve. So it is during deer season, but I avoided gun season. Yeah. But we were a little little bit nervous because his due date was actually during muzzleloader season. But he decided to show up early, so that was all good. Okay. Does anything, anybody have anything to add there? I had no idea what I was getting into. Yeah. I didn't, I, my mother's family were hunters, but my mom doesn't hunt and my dad does not hunt. So I didn't know anything related to like hunting season because my family's from Pennsylvania. So that's different. Um, And it didn't affect me directly growing up because it was my grandparents who hunted. My grandmother hunted, my grandfather hunted. So I'm used to um, the idea of hunting, but the scheduling and the obsession was not directly linked to me in my childhood. So it was an adjustment um, at first. And when we first started dating, he didn't hunt as often either due to being in college. So the, um, the time away was not an option at that time. So it really didn't hit until after he graduated um, and more into our marriage that we um, had to deal with the scheduling aspect of hunting and the requirements that that entailed. Yeah, and we've talked on here before, but our our hunting cabin where we spend gun season is down in southeast Ohio, and we all live northeast Ohio. So, you know, it's, it's not like you're coming home every night during that time and on top of that, you get very little cell service down there. So you got to, you don't get it at the cabin. You got to drive up on top of the hill somewhere where you get cell service. And so you're really kind of out of contact. And I remember, I'll tell the story here. I was down, were we married at the time? Grandma? Yeah. I'm impressed that you knew what story I was about to tell just from that. I thought you were going to go with the sick daughter story. And I'm like, I hope you were married. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we'll get to that. I was down. It was opening day, right? So I went down to the cabin. Amanda's grandma, we knew she was sick. She was. She had cancer and, and she wasn't doing well. But I went down to the cabin. Opening day, I get up to where I'm going to hunt. And, you know, I was up high enough on the hill to where I got cell service. And she keeps calling me and calling me. And I keep ignoring it and calling me. And I keep ignoring it and calling. And I keep ignoring it because I'm like, she knows I'm hunting. What is her problem? And finally, I don't know if you texted me and said, I need to talk to you or something. But something compelled me to, to eventually answer the phone. And, you know, I'm answering the phone kind of gruff, like, what? I am hunting. What? It, what? 
and she proceeds to tell me in tears that uh, her grandmother passed away, and now I feel like a giant butthead. And uh, so that just sort of illustrates, right, the, the uh, what's the word? The tug, the balancing act, the give and take of hunting and family, especially in a situation where you're out of cell service or you can be out of cell service. Didn't you skip part of gun before Ella was due because you couldn't go down there when Amanda was pregnant Mm. and close to being due? Yes, I think so, right? Because she couldn't get a hold of you if something would happen. Right. So Ella was born December 9th, which is, you know, just after gun season. That's when her C-section was scheduled, but you know, I mean, we were right there. So it could have very easily happened naturally before then. And so I, I, I think I still hunted, but I hunted up here. I hunted out at grandpa's or something, right? So given that, do you guys have any stories like that that you want to share? Anybody that you can think of? I just always assume that he's alive. Like, I know that I'm not going to hear from him. And my mind is to go to like, (laughs) oh my gosh, he's laying at the bottom of the huge hill, like dead or something when I don't hear from him. But I just try to remind myself, like, he's alive. If something happens, somebody would get a hold of me um, and hope that nothing crazy happens at the house. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I think that that's a thing too. My brother and my dad and pretty much my whole family hunted growing up too, but they all came home every night. They didn't go to the cabin. You could always get a hold of them if something happened. And so the aspect of hunting wasn't, you know, foreign to me, but it was going away and not being able to get a hold of you and those sorts of things. That was more. And so that kind of brings up, that's one of the things I want to get into is like sort of the things that we've all implemented to make this easier. So in that trip, I had actually gotten a ride down, I think with dad. So I didn't have a car to get home for the funeral or to be with my, I don't know, what did we say? We were married or not married at the time to be with my girlfriend. I wasn't sure if we were fiance at the time. I don't know. It's, you know, history's mysteries. Um, but so now I pretty much, I think pretty much always now I drive down unless whoever I'm going with is completely comfortable with the chance of needing to leave at some unforeseen notice that something happened and I need to get home because I ended up having to get a ride home with another guy the next day who wasn't staying for the full week. Dad was staying the whole week. I mean, he would have taken me home if, if, if need be, but there was a guy that was coming back up this way. And so that's one of the things that we've implemented in order to kind of avoid these type of situations where I'm down at the cabin, I'm out of cell service, and I've got to figure out a way to get home because we've had an emergency. So on top of that, well, not on top of that, but like in addition to that, what are some other things, Amanda, do you want to talk about or does anybody... Why don't you start, Amanda, and then we'll kind of, everybody can kind of add on to things that they've implemented in their families. Do you have one you want to start with? I think the biggest thing is communication and scheduling. So one thing that we started doing is you'll put um, all of the hunting seasons on the calendar, and then 
more specifically when you would like to hunt. And so we go completely off of our calendar. And so if I'm scheduling appointments with clients or those kinds of things, I can see that and know that and be prepared that it's coming up. And so that's been really big and being prepared and knowing ahead of time that you're going to be leaving. Yeah. We, I mean, you guys, I'm looking at, you know, the people in the room, you guys know, we kind of live and die by our calendar, but listeners, we, we use Google calendar and we, sort of live and die by our calendar if it's not on the calendar it doesn't happen it doesn't exist so it makes it tough that's you know because as hunters right you know like oh there's a weather front coming in you can't predict that months in advance but we sit down at this you know before deer season even starts and sort of mark off days and or weekends like i'm gonna probably be gone this weekend for a rut vacation this is when gun season is. I'm going to be gone these days and sort of other potential. I'll probably hunt one day this weekend and then, you know, we can kind of shift it around as, as the time comes. Do you guys, do you guys schedule around Jeff and Amber? You probably have a little more flexibility in that in scheduling around weather and or good hunting opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we do pretty much the same. We have Google calendar and I tell him it's his responsibility to get all that, all of his stuff on the calendar, whether it's podcasting or hunting. And I'm like, if I'm scheduling something and it's not on the calendar, you can't get mad at me for it not being on the calendar. So yeah, like you guys, we have every season, um, rut, you know, when we think rut's going to be, and, um, yeah, we have, we have a lot more flexibility. If it's like, if he gets home from work early and it's nice, he's going to go out hunting. Um, if it's, if it's going to be nice or whatever that weekend and we're not doing anything, he's going to be hunting. So, you know, we're, I guess we just kind of know that it's like, I'm going to fix dinner if you want it when you get in, that's fine. But, or I'm not going to fix dinner because I don't want to just cook for myself. You're on your own type thing. (laughs) (laughs) So. Jacob, Lindsay, do you guys, how do you guys work scheduling? Because you guys have a very different schedule, right? So uh, how do you guys handle that? You don't. Well, no, we do. (laughs) We do. Um, Like you said, it's a blessing and a curse to have the different schedule because I'm, I don't work a nine to five, eight to four, you know, the traditional schedule. So I have days off throughout the week that a lot of other people don't. So I honestly probably have more opportunity to play at times, play weather fronts and that kind of thing. Cause I don't have to only hunt on the weekends. Um, where the problem arises is we have two children and we have childcare obviously. Um, and we utilize family. We don't pay for us babysitter. Um, we're blessed to be able between my mom and her mom, we're able to use them you know, intermittently. And like Lindsay said, she works part-time, so we're able to make it work without paying for childcare. Um, but the problem is I see something where I'm off work on my schedule, perfect weather pattern coming in. And in my brain, it registers, I need to go hunting. Well, but Lindsay's already scheduled childcare out three months or, you know, I'm maybe exaggerating three months, but she get, she does the childcare planning. So, um, that's where the tension comes up because I'm like, well, I want to go hunting, but I have the kids. So who's going to watch the kids? Who's going to, you know, so that's kind of the, 
And because we don't work a traditional schedule, we don't see each other every day. There's times um, when we don't see each other for a couple days because of alternating schedules or whatever. So that puts an added stress when I want to use one of those days we are at home together where I don't have to worry about childcare because Lindsay can handle it. Um, it adds stress a little bit there. She's very good about giving me opportunities to hunt. She's probably better than she should be. But there is a little bit of added stress there because it's like our only day off together and I want to go sit in the woods by myself. Right. And it's, I mean, it's a real struggle, right? Because you guys have, like you said, those few days together and you're going to use one to be away from the family, right? I don't know, Lindsay, do you have anything to add on there? Or? I think usually um, Jacob kind of commits to either the first half of the day or the second half of the day, and then he tries to spend the other part of the day, you know, barring he harvests a deer or something, um, to spend with us. So, you know, he decides, well, I'm either going to go out really early before everybody gets up and hunt at sunrise and come home around lunchtime, or I'm going to go out for dusk. And that at least kind of gives us a little bit of balance. Um, it is difficult because we are, we usually schedule around each other, but um, it is hard. Like the kids, you know, like Lily, when she hears he's going hunting, she wants to go along. Yeah. And it's hard to explain to her that, you know, daddy's going to go by himself this time. He'll take you another time because she's three and a half and she loves to be in the woods with him. So. Um, it's harder though. I think the older they get because telling them that, you know, daddy's going to be gone. I'm not really sure when daddy's going to be home because again, if he harvests a deer, the problem is that adds like four or five hours to his half day schedule. Yeah. So it's very unpredictable of knowing when you're going to be home and like, are you going to be home for dinner? Or are you not? Am I going to be putting the kids to bed by myself? Or are you going to be home? So it is, it is hard. And I, I do try to not be you know, like resent the opportunity for him to go and be by himself because, you know, like moms need that time too. And, and he's good though. You know, like anytime I want to schedule a dinner with a friend, he never ever says, you know, no. So I think we just try to balance. Like he realizes that sometimes I need a, a chance to do something I want to do, even though it's not hunting. Um, and he tries to give me that opportunity, which helps me when I'm then home with the kids by myself to not feel resentful that he gets to go and have his time because he's trying to also make it possible for me to have my time. Yeah, I think that is one thing that's been really important for us as well is making sure that there's time for me to go do things with my friends or go to dinner, that, that kind of thing, like you're saying, Lindsay. And then he has time to go hunting and that kind of thing and just kind of like whatever your version of self-care is or whatever and having that time um, and then also, like you said, the communication of when you're going to be home. Because, yeah, Ello is like, where's daddy? Where's daddy? And so just I've kind of learned, like, don't commit to he's going to be home for dinner or that kind of thing. Because then she really is expecting that. And so that does make it a little bit more challenging when there's the unknown. I would say in addition to what Lindsay was saying about you time, like we, the three of us, started doing girls' days and girls' trips. You know, we said the, the boys get to go down to the hunting cabin for a week. So we planned a weekend trip, um, not during hunting season, of course. Um, and we do, you know, try to do once a month if we can go out to dinner or whatever just to have that, that time together so that we feel like we're getting something too. And 
so that, I mean, that's a good example, right, of things that we've done. Because, you know, I don't know, coming into marriage, right, you you have these, I don't know, sort of preconceived notions of what you think it's going to be. And it's going to be, you know, sort of like it was before, but you're just married now, you know. And, and just as time goes on, you, you have to make these sort of... Um, is compromises, right? I mean, marriage is about compromise and finding these happy mediums and these balances. And Lindsay, to your point, I mean, it is, while typically it's me not being home for bedtime, that's the one for us. Like if you expect the other one to be home for bedtime and then something comes up and they're not there, right? You've kind of had your heart set on having that help. And then it's like, ah. It's, I don't know what it is about bedtime, but it's like, man, I was really kind of counting on having help with this. And so I, I know that that's a tough one. So if I'm, I mean, I think we try to, if I'm hunting in the evening, don't expect me to be home for bedtime. If I am, good. But, you know, odds are I'm not. And, uh, It just, I don't know, kind of has to be that way. I've definitely learned not to expect him home at any time. (laughs) I mean, literally. I just, because I really get my hopes up that he's going to be home. We're all going to be together. So it's better for me to just plan on him being gone and hope for the best. You know, like, I mean, it's one of those things as a hunter's wife that you hope that they harvest a deer, but part of you is like, I really hope they don't harvest a deer. Exactly. (laughs) I don't want them to be gone all day. But I think, you know, I'm grateful to him because, you know, having venison in my freezer, you know, saves us a lot of money and, you know, it's very convenient and I'm proud of him. And I, you know, I think it's great that he has the opportunity to be out in nature and to have what, you know, helps him decompress and be with, you know, his brothers and his dad and all of that is very important to him. And I agree. Um, But I just have because of my personality, I just have to prepare myself ahead of time that if he sets aside this day, it's a day and hope for the best. That's me too. And because that's kind of where our arguments have come into place. Like, so bedtime or when your kid is sick and you're like expecting them to be home at a certain time, especially because you've been handling a sick kid for the whole weekend and then they're not, then it's like, oh, so I, yeah, I've just kind of tried to change my mindset of just at whenever he gets home, he gets home. Um, but also it's also helped me too to see, like you're saying, I can totally tell a difference in I don't know, his overall attitude or personality when he's had time out in the woods. And I know that's so important to him. Um, Like today, he was going to go for a walk in the woods and then it was pushing up against time to teach a class that we teach. And I was like, I got it, go. Because I just know like we had this to do and everything and he he needs that. So I'm trying to honor that and and I see the value in it as well. Got to have some woods therapy. So talking about not being home when you're expected... Amanda's laughing because I think she knows where I'm going with this already. Uh, there was a, I think this was a turkey season. We, it was Sunday, and this led to another change in our routine. It was Sunday. You can only hunt, at least first part of season, you can only hunt half a day. Figured I'm going to hunt half a day, and then I'm going to come home. Well, 
one of the other guys at the cabin, we all left in the morning to go hunt. One of the other guys couldn't hunt. He leaves the cabin, locks the cabin. So we all get back. Okay. We, you know, we pushed it to the last minute. We're going to rush home, get our stuff packed up and, uh, we're going to head home, hopefully squeak in just in time to be home with the wives. And lo and behold, we get back and the guy had locked the cabin. We, uh, we got a bug problem here. They're all swatting on me. Amanda was freaking out trying to be as quiet as possible and not distract you. So did we kill it or do I still have a butt on me? Okay, good. My wife killed a bug for me. That's true love right there. It really is. <laughs> so we get back to the cabin, and the cabin's locked. All of our stuff is locked inside. None of us have a key. We're two and a half hours, three hours away from home. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? We're locked out of the cabin. The keys to the cars are in the cabin. What are we going to do? Jake, were you there for this? Or was yeah, it? You I were there. I had my keys because we drove to. Sorry, sorry, yes. I wasn't by the mic. Yes, I was there because I had to have my keys because we got to Ruth's house. So That's true. Yeah, you had I your. I had my keys. You had but your I didn't car have keys. a cabin key on my truck key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, it ended up that we. There is, there is a um, woman down there that ended up thankfully having a key to the cabin because again we don't have cell service to call the guy he's probably been gone for he's probably almost home at this point the guy that locked the cabin we were locked out thankfully we were able to drive up the road a little bit and a woman that lives down there has a key to the cabin we were able to get the key get it unlocked get everything cleaned up packed up and get home but it led to a throwdown <laughs> because uh, I did my best, right? I, I, but I got locked out. Unforeseen circumstances. Sorry, I'm going to be home later than expected. And so I can tell Amanda's chomping at the bit. She wants to get her word in here and we're sharing Mike. So I'm going to keep talking so that she can't <laughs> say what she wants to say. And... Uh, but yeah, so anyhow, it, it resulted in us making some additional changes to hunting schedules. And before I hand the mic over, remember what I said at the beginning. I want a good, clean fight. No, nothing below the belt. No, the only thing I was going to say was you said it led to a throwdown, but I was just going to say that that was mostly because, yeah, I was expecting you home. I ha We had a really young baby at the time and I so I was with her by myself solo parenting all weekend and then I preached all three services at the church so it was like crazy busy weekend for me to be solo parenting that's true I forgot about the the church part it also added a, not even scheduling wise we now have we made sure that all three of us have cabin keys Jeff doesn't Jeff had a cabin key. He's misplaced No, I've it. never had a cabin key. We just have never had it. Jeff cut. was never included. Um, Youngest child syndrome. <laughs> Hashtag third wheel. Jason and I have cabin keys. I think I honestly probably have two. Um, 
Now you're just bragging. Oh, bragging. Yeah, yeah, maybe um, you should give me one. I'll have to check this next time I'm down and make sure they all fit. But um, yeah, so we did make that adjustment too. We have uh, cabin. All of us definitely have cabin keys. That's one way to find out you don't have one is when you're locked out. I would say that that has probably led to any arguments that we have had about hunting for the most part is it, it reminds me. So my family um, has, uh, is involved in farming. And so basically the rule in farming is whatever can go wrong will go wrong in the most inopportune time. And I feel like that applies to hunting as well, because a lot of times he'll say, well, I'm just going to hunt the morning and then I'll be home. Like by the time you get off work, And so then I expect him to be home around when, especially on my birthday, you know, it'd be great (laughs) if you can make it back for dinner. Like we could go out to dinner and it seems like whenever he commits to that, something goes wrong. It's just the quote unquote old guys left. So he has to drag a deer out of the woods or, you know, somebody got a deer and we couldn't find it. I mean, it's always, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. So I just stopped expecting him. I I just... I, I just want to know that you're alive. That's that's all I ask. I don't know if that's going wrong, though. That sounds to me like a success story. Right, going story. right. <laughs> <laughs> just wrong for him to get home. <laughs> and, yeah. and like you said about, you know, you want him to get a deer, an added thing for me because we process our own deer. So it's like if he gets a deer, then that means a lot of work for yeah. me. <laughs> that's hours standing in the kitchen. Yep. Yeah. So one of the changes that, that we implemented after that is like, if it's a weekend trip, I typically don't hunt Sunday. I just get up Sunday and get packed up and everything because, because of that, right? Like, well, I'm going to hunt till 10 and then, you know, I'm going to get back to the cabin. I'll leave by noon. Well, it never fails, right? You, you shoot a deer at like nine 55 and now it's like, "Mm, I'll be home at, five o'clock or something and so the the expectation that was set when you left all of a sudden changes and so i don't typically hunt sundays anymore or like that day that i'm leaving i typically don't hunt that day so do we even do that during because like i only hunt down at the cabin half the week yeah deer season you would leave on wednesday we hunt wednesday morning yeah and yeah. that's when we kill all our deer, you know, Wednesday typically, morning. Yeah. Typically, that's just the way it works. And I just peace out and let you guys deal with it. <laughs> typically, no. <laughs> that is not true. Yeah, we, we do have a really good habit of killing deer right before it's time to leave. Because multiple years in a row, I would hunt till dark on Tuesday or Wednesday. And like right at dusk, someone shoots a deer that needs to be tracked. And, you know, we're tracking it through the woods and, you know, so now it's two hours after dark and then we find the deer and need to get it skinned and quartered up. Or, uh, I remember we went bow hunting one year down at the cabin and, uh, on Sunday we went out hunting Mm, and, uh, you had shot a deer and we tracked that thing for three hours trying to, trying to find it, you know, and, That was, I I was walking down out of the woods, I believe, and you texted me, you know, I just shot one, like, I'm going to need help tracking it. Yep. You know, let me know if, if you see it run past you or whatever. Yeah, so because of that, 
other than during gun season, I do hunt half a day on, during gun season, but typically on a weekend hunt, I don't hunt the morning of the day that I'm coming home. So the other thing I want to talk about is, and we touched a little bit on it. <clears throat> I want to talk about kids and hunting, and I want to talk to Jeff and Amber about because you guys don't have kids yet, but you're planning to have kids someday, maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Amber just committed them to having kids. Um, and so I want to get your guys' opinion on thoughts around how things might change once you do have kids. But before, So ponder on that, because you probably didn't know I was going to ask you that. But I don't know. Lindsay, Amanda, do you guys have any thoughts? Like we said, we talked a little bit about how kids and hunting and, and sort of balancing that time has to happen or, or the struggles there. But do you guys have any thoughts there on things that we do or the struggles there? I want to say first off, the thing I was for sure going to say today is that the most important thing to me as a mom is that when dad is home, he is home and present the time that he's there so that when he's not there, it's not as big of a deal because it's not really quantity of time with the kids. It's quality of time. So if he's home, he's not on his phone. He's not like looking at the weather for the next day he can go. Like he is home. Attention's focused on the family, doing things around the house that like need done. So then when he's gone, it's not as much of a hole you know like in their little heart you know what I mean like because daddy just did this with me wasn't that cool you know and then mommy can feel it you know when he's gone but I think like as our kids get older like I said before it's harder to explain to them when he goes because they want to go too but I'm kind of thinking in another you know 10 or 12 years hunting gun week i'm gonna be singling it up i'm gonna be having a spa day because my kids are gonna be at the cabin <laughs> it's gonna be me and the dog but um i think like my kids are probably gonna be hunters because i mean they already hopefully they already laugh hysterical when they see a deer and say bang you know <laughs> so like they just love i mean they love it like lily can tell you the whole process so i think um it's been great for them because he takes them out and Zach's still a little bit small for all that. But um, Lily really enjoys the times when Jacob takes her out to the woods. He's taken her out to sit in the deer blind and she still talks about going hunting with daddy. And I think that's really important. And we talk about gun safety and we talk about, um, you know, all the different aspects of hunting more than just being in the woods and, I think it is hard because I know I'm not a single mom, so I don't want to pretend I'm a single mom. Yeah. I think it's totally different. I give all the respect in the world to moms who actually have to be single parents, but I think it's harder when you know you don't have to be, but you are feeling like one. So I, Jacob is really good about respecting, you know, our time. Um, but it is, it is hard. And, you know, the more kids you have, the harder it gets <laughs> just juggling everybody's schedules. Um, but we've, we've made it work and, um, he tries to be cognizant of 
what it means for me as a mom to be home and and I'm still working and um, balancing making the world go around as he would say while he's gone so um, I do feel respected and I feel like he um, really does his does his best to be sure that I he knows or I know that he appreciates me and um, so I think if if men out there are letting their wives know that they're appreciated and and making sure that they get their time to go and do what they need to do for like Amanda said self-care um, that's the best way to make the balance work when, especially when there's kids because you know you've got kids clinging all over you all day and there's not a whole lot of break because at nap time you're trying to accomplish things you can't do when they're awake so all moms out there know what that's like and I think that as as long as they feel the support from their husbands it's not as big of a deal when they want to go and do what they want to do yeah I yeah perfectly said Lindsay I think that's all great I I totally agree. I think I love seeing Ella's love for the outdoors developing. I mean, she we just have a little bit of land, but she calls it the backwoods, and she loves to go out there with Daddy, and um, we have a friend that lets them go there, and she loves going there, and she talks about it so much, and so I love seeing that, and same thing, we talk about gun safety and all of those things, and I just love seeing that in her, and so that's, that's really fun, and I didn't expect that, honestly, but that's fun, and I think... Um, I just, Jason also loves sharing that time with her. And so that's really cute for me to see. And I think he has, because in the beginning it would be like scheduling everything hunting. And I'm like, can we maybe talk about family time and scheduling those things uh, even remotely as much as we talk about scheduling hunting? And so um, he's been more aware of that also. And so, yeah. And then also just time away because I'm so extroverted and I need people. And so especially when we had a really young baby or if she's sick and I'm stuck at home, it's super hard on me. Like I want to keep a positive attitude, but I'm like, I need people. I need to not be just in this house with someone who I love her and she can talk to me, but it's not the same as like adult interaction. And so I do think that that is important if you can um, just both honor each other's time and kind of balance it that way and just be open to communicating. And if something didn't go right like we don't really like he said a throw down I don't think we actually like have super huge fights about it but we do talk about it and um just being open to talk about how can you compromise and how can you make changes I think is really important as well yeah I was I was uh making a joke there it wasn't an actual throwdown, but I mean it did lead to a, a a conversation right and and some changes that were enacted and I think you know, Lindsay, like like you said, one thing that we've done as well is when you're here, you're here. And there's still a little struggle in that, like, the kids are awake. Okay, I'm, you know, <coughs> excuse me, I'm doing the best to be present. Kids are in bed. Now that's mommy-daddy time, but I'm also, like, where am I going to go hunt tomorrow? And do I have all my gear? And, you know, and so there's still a struggle there. And it's, you know, it's just, thankfully, Amanda's understanding with that. And she, you know, especially if like I'm planning to go hunt tomorrow morning, right? She kind of knows like, we're going to put the kids down and I'm going to be down organizing my stuff, making sure I have everything ready to go in the morning. And we're going to, it just, it just is what it is, right? It's just, 
part of the deal that she didn't know she was signing up for. (laughs) But, and Ella does have a knack for being sick or getting sick while I'm gone. She's very good at that. This last gun season, she was sick and it wasn't good. Amanda was in a bad spot at home by herself. There was a lot. She was sick. Puke everywhere. And and diarrhea at both ends. It was not great, right? And I'm at the cabin, and I'm, I've not been on Amanda's side of it, but I'm sure, right, she's at home dealing with a sick kid, puke, diarrhea, a, a fussy kid, and I'm at the cabin living it up with the boys, right? And Drinking beers and shooting deers. <laughs> America. <laughs> So it's tough, right? I mean, so that was, I, I did my best to be understanding, but it, you know, I mean, there's only so much I can do on one phone call a day, right? That's another thing that we've done is, you know, I, we go up the hill specifically to make phone calls at the end of the day to talk to our wives because they don't really hear from us, right? And, and, when we when we started dating, I think I just would disappear and like, see you when I get back, you know, sort of thing. But now we we make it a point to drive up the hill and, you know, sometimes it's late or if it's really snowing or something, I'll just walk up into the, the field by the cabin to where you can get service, you know, so you don't slide off the road or something. But make it a point to make at least one phone call a day and when possible you know, send a text message here and there throughout the day. And now with kids, right, you want to talk to your family before they go to bed, right? So it can't be super late. You got to make a trip up the hill to talk so that you can hopefully talk to your your kids before they go to bed. And so it's just another, I guess, another compromise, right? Making that understanding of uh, you got to make special accommodations, so now, Jeff and Amber, Amber said that you guys are having kids someday. He specifically said, I want to go first. So I'm very interested in what he's going to say. I already know well, right now, well, Jeff's well, like, hang you on. just told me all these bad things. Why would I ever want to have kids? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, right, you're going to have kids and you guys also hunt together. Right, so there's gonna need to be some compromise there at some point because you both can't be in the blind or in the deer woods at the same time. So, have you thought about this, and what are your thoughts? Well, let's start with the kids thing and how that's going to affect things. And I wanted to go first because I'm going to come across as being very chauvinist and very blunt, um, and maybe even crude with this. I'm so excited. Um, And I want Amber to kind of dial it back because I'm going to sound like a terrible person here. Okay. But... uh, His heart's coming out. Hunting (laughs) is a passion of mine. I I am passionate about hunting. Amber is very passionate about family and she loves kids. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've been very blunt and upfront that my passion will not 
take a back seat to your passion and that, you know, I'm going to basically live your passion, you know, 357, you know, every, every day of the year. You mean 365? Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, See? I thought you were saying yeah. 357 to give yourself a couple weeks to hunt. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, that's... that. <laughs> See, that's what it was. My mind just works that way. But no, like, I'm going to, to, to live your passion, you know, every day of the year. So I expect to be able to live mine a few days. And, in the fall, like you're talking. Yes, yeah. yes, in the fall or... So it's... And I, I feel that it's valuable to be very blunt the the whole time you know from dating on about that hunting is a passion and make them aware that like i'm serious about this this isn't a joke setting expectations okay um, having said that um i do expect my priorities to change when i have a kid but i have basically told amber don't expect my priorities to change, you know, because if you're expecting it and it doesn't, you're going to be disappointed. I mean, I, I do expect my priorities to change when I have a kid. Meaning um, that you're going to like your kids or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Meaning that I'm going to okay. like my kids and okay. want to spend time with them sure. over hunting. If you don't, you can still come take care of mine. But you know, I, I, Potentially, I might not. I guess I, that's completely wrong. <laughs> that's not what but you wanted yeah, to say. Yeah. yeah, but like Let's say that. Like potentially, <laughs> I will still value hunting. I yeah, this is. But potentially, I'll still oh, value no. hunting so much that Amber will need to step up more to allow me to hunt. Well, um, I, I appreciate your honesty there, right? I mean, that's just. Sort of where you guys are at at the moment, right? right. We're I, yeah, right. I, we're all laughing I'm, and joking because we know. I mean, we know Jeff as a person. Obviously, he's our brother, so we we know where his heart is and we know where he's coming from. I guess with what he's saying, um, I fully believe that when Jeff has children, he will put his children first. I know that's not exactly what he said, but. Um, there is whatever Lindsay <laughs> getting misty eyed over here anyhow um but having said that Jeff also is I guess I don't know by nature the most he's the most huntingest mofo of the three of us right the most outdoorsy we'll say yeah um but he's also very good with our kids you know, I mean, we have kids, and Uncle Jeff is their favorite. I mean, Jeff is very good with kids, so I don't doubt at all that he will transition well into that. Um, but also kind of to play off that a little bit, like, yes, the first couple years are tough, but there's a, I mean, there is a, a lot, I don't know. There's like, a tipping point at some point. Yeah, once your kids start hunting with you, then it's twice the fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not, they're not taken away from your hunting. Now they're adding to it. All right. right. I want to, I just want to let Amber talk yeah, one more thing and then have Amber talk just to kind of dig myself out of a hole a little bit here. And that is this year during gun season, I was up in my tree stand. I, well, I had, I had shot a deer. 
went and gutted it, tagged it, and, you know, did all that, got back into the tree stand, and then texted you guys, like, hey, I got one this morning. Well, my phone immediately starts to ring from Jacob, and it's like, you know, why is Jacob calling me? You know, like, he he knows that I would have went back right. to the tree now. Right. You know, but I answer it, and, you know, and it wasn't Jacob. It was his daughter calling me, because oh. she was excited. And I, you know, so I did answer her call, and I talked to her in the middle of the deer woods, you know, blowing my deer woods up, because yeah, yeah. My, my niece had called me and was all excited. And, I mean, she kind of shamed me for shooting a little deer, <laughs> but that's a different story. You know, she was like, oh, you know, it was a big one. I was like, oh, no, it was just a little one. She's like, oh, Dad, it was it was just a little one. Like, we don't need to worry about it. Like, I can hang up now. Like, it was just a little one, you know. And, and Jacob was like, well, well, tell him that's okay, you know. And it's like. You're really hurting like, his well, ego right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, that's kind of, that story kind of digs me out of a hole a little bit. A little like, bit. I'm, I'm not a cold hearted jerk here. I, I just wanted to be very upfront yeah. about what my thoughts were. Sure. So you think he sounds cold hearted about that, but I was basically the same way with having kids. It's like, this is something that is very important to me. So however it happens, I will have children when we, I mean, probably very early on to dating. So he has his thing and I have mine and oops. Um, Cause Jeff know. wasn't sure he wanted kids. Is that what you're kind of referring to? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think, you know, it, he was a lot more unsure than I was. I have had nieces. My oldest niece is 12, I think. Um, so they have been a huge part of my life for many, many years. And I, I've just, I've grown up with being around kids. So I knew it was, it was pretty non-negotiable for me. So hearing him say that isn't a surprise by any means. Um, I will say that, that me hunting too, I think will, will be interesting. I think that is when we will rely on, um, my mom or my sister, like, you know, you get to go spend a week on the farm with my sister, with Aunt Dawn yeah. or, um, you know, whatever I, so that we can have that time or, you know, Jeff's mom or whatever. I think, you know, that's when we will utilize some childcare so that we can still both hunt. Um, I saw a really awesome picture from one of the female hunters that I follow who was out. She, uh, was sh- shooting her bow with her baby on her back. And I was like, yep, that's awesome. So, you know, I think that there will be some compromises, but, um, for us, I think it- it'll be really exciting to have a kid get involved in that. Jeff jokes that, um, he didn't say, but this year gun season, he took the opening day and stayed home with me so that I could go hunting opening day. I didn't want to go by myself. And, um, he said he thinks it would be easier to take a kid hunting. Um, <laughs> Because I get a little antsy, um, and I sleep a lot when we're out there. Um, so yeah, I get real fidgety. He's like, I'm pretty sure that a kid would sit still better than you. Yeah. Cause like when we were kids and like going hunting was a privilege. If we didn't do what we were supposed to be doing, it, that's fine. You'll go back to the cabin. You'll sit in the cabin. Like it was a privilege. Like dad was very, you know, well, and we, we had just a fear of, like, we wanted to be out there, so we're going to do everything right. We're going to do what we're told kind of thing. Well, I don't remember any of this. 
was gonna say, I think Dan might have got harder on you because I well, ruined a lot of hunts for Dan. Okay, well, and I mean, I was a lot younger than you guys too. That's true. But uh, with with a grown adult, you can't really, you know, like you you can't threaten her. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, like <laughs> like like it's like you know, if if you don't uh, stay awake, you got to go back to the house. It's like. Well, I'd love to do that. Like, it's raining and it's cold. So. Yeah, I will preface. The, the opening day for deer season was terrible. Yeah. We sat outside in the rain all day. And cold, cold rain. So it was not, I was not at my best that day. Um, but, you know, we, we made it work. I told him that I would never ask him to stay home from the cabin an opening day ever again. I'd rather him go down to the cabin, take the whole week off, but go down to the cabin for the important first three days or whatever, and then come home and hunt leftovers with me. <laughs> wow, that really worked out for you, Jeff. Well, and that was another thing she didn't quite understand was like the the ritual of opening day. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Like that, that there, there is a, there's things you do. Like you, it's, everything is about deer hunting. It's, it's not, it doesn't, you don't just turn it on while you're in the woods and shut it off. Like it's a, there's a ritual, there's things that need to be done. And she, she didn't quite understand that, that it's, it's all deer hunting. It's not a, a light switch that turns on and off. Well, and it's the, I mean, and it's probably hard to understand if you've not experienced it and you don't participate in it, but it's like, there's a, a big part about deer camp is like the camaraderie, it's not the, the hunting spend, at all. right. It's the spending time with people that you might, that might be the only time of year you see them. And it's just time to unwind. Like there's a part of me that's like, man, I kind of wish we got cell service at the cabin, but then there's a part of me that's like, I kind of like not having cell service at the cabin because it forces me to unplug, disconnect, right? I mean, I just put my phone on airplane mode because otherwise it just chews through the battery searching for cell service. And and so it's it's a big part of it, and it's hard to, I don't know, maybe hard to, to understand or articulate that if you've not done it. There's something about opening day i think specifically going back i guess what jeff was saying um i don't know if he like worded it the best way when he said you know it's not just flip the light switch on and off um but when we're down at the cabin opening day it's there's just something about the unknown and the mystery i guess part of this is because our hunting cabin is not right outside the door you know we make a trip to our hunting cabin um and part of that is we don't know what the woods hold because we don't run we hunt public land we don't run trail cameras primarily down there so there's a lot of like mystery and mystique and like excitement that goes with opening day you know the and obviously bow hunting is getting more and more and more popular so you kind of get access quote unquote to the woods before the gun season um but we don't spend a lot of time down there we go down for a bow hunting weekend and then we go down for gun season uh, so you don't know what deer you're going to run into. You don't know what the deer population looks like down there. Um, so having a gun in your hand gives you obviously much more, I don't want to say access, but range. Um, plus all the other hunters in the woods get the deer up. 
Uh, so there's just a lot of excitement and build up to like that first morning. You know, you go up in the dark and the sun comes up and the birds start chirping and it's you're waiting for the first gunshot and a lot of times it seems like it's a little early <laughs> and you're like, well, that's not that's not light enough to shoot yet, but if one comes by, it's almost light enough. Um, it's just there's something about it. I don't know. It's like you said, if you haven't experienced it, um, it's just different, you know. I don't know. And then knowing when you hear a gunshot on the other side of the hollow, that's your guy. You know, you know who that is. You know who because right. you talk about where you're going, what stand you're going to be on, so that you're not on top of each other. You're going in the woods in the dark. So when you hear a gunshot, all of a sudden it's like. Oh, was that Jason? Was that Jeff? Oh, man. You know, you're trying to find cell service if you have it, to text them, be like, hey, did you get one? You see anything? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hear a gunshot, and it's like you're excited for your buddies, you know, your guys. It's it's just it's different. The bow hunting, you know, bow hunting is a solitary form of hunting. Nothing against bow hunting. I love bow hunting. Um, but it's just different than gun week, gun season, opening day. It's just a different it's like, I don't know. It's the Super Bowl of hunting, I guess. It's just, it's there's something about it. Yeah, it's yeah. the big game. That's what he kept saying the night before. Come on, you got to get ready. It's 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 like the big game. And he's wanting me to, to say things and like wanted to take a video of me saying something that I won't say on the podcast that's like tradition. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not doing it. I can't have as much enthusiasm as you do. I'm trying. Um, so I just said, yo, that is sacred time. You, I will not make you do that again. I can't. Yes, um, I can't make you ma live up to your expectations of opening day. Well, one thing she didn't quite realize was going to need to happen was like before opening day, we needed to go drive around the roads to see who was where. You know, like is there going to be guys hunting over here? You know, is there people? Is there extra vehicles at, at this farm? Is there, you know, and, you know, we had to drive around and kind of see, like, where people were expected to be. So we knew how to set up. So, like, if these people go in the woods here, they're going to push deer this way. And if these people, and she she didn't realize that it was going to require an, a, a commitment the evening before. So it's like, you know, we had dinner, and it's like, okay, well, you know, do you want to go get ice cream or do you want to go, you know, because like we need to go drive around. So what what do you want to go get kind of yeah. because we need to find out how things are are shaping up around us so that we know how to set up tomorrow. Sure. OK, well, I don't know. Does any anybody have anything else that we want to cover on this? I think we kind of hit the main points that uh that I had in mind? I have a topic that I had in mind, and that was kind of how did you guys adapt to cooking with wild game? You know, because that's that's a... That's a great question. Right, that's a big uh, adaptation, um, because I can remember cooking uh, Hamburger Helper with Amber, you know, for the first time kind of at, at our house, and I was cooking it with venison and her asking about, well, don't you need to drain the grease? And it's like, what grease? Like, what are you talking about? Drain the grease. Like, I don't understand. I, I did not, I did not understand the question because 
there was no grease to drain where she was used to cooking it with beef where there's grease that you either have to drain or stir in. Yeah, so as I mentioned, my dad and brothers all hunted, but we honestly didn't eat very much venison. They got it made into like jerky or bologna or that kind of thing, but we didn't eat um, much venison as far as like ground venison or that or roast or anything like that. So I didn't honestly cook with it at all when we first um, got married and we had it in the freezer, but there were a couple times that we donated it, which I'm sure now I know like probably just just killed him. Um, but then it was, I think probably while we were trying to save money and we were paying off a ton of debt and I was like, okay, this is crazy. We're paying for this. I'm just going to try and use it and and learn. Um, and yeah, that's what I discovered was it is different, but, um, it's, it's basically the same, like for the ground, if I was going to make spaghetti or tacos or those kinds of things, I just use the venison and, there wasn't the grease that I was used to. And so that I liked. And so I just got used to using it more often. And still, even today, we use more ground meat probably than anything else. But we we do like roast and that kind of thing a little bit. But yeah, it took a little bit of adjusting and learning to that. I tried, if you guys followed, right, I tried Deerheart for the first time this year. And Amanda was not ready to take that plunge. I'm still working on her, but. Deer heart was also cooked on my stove. <laughs> did you I did try not, it? No, no, no. I will not partake. <laughs> my son partake. Both kids, ate. both no. of our children ate it oh. and loved well, it and loved it. Did Ella eat it? No, I don't think I. I don't think so. You didn't offer her any. <laughs> um, small heart. Come on. <laughs> Where is your heart? I don't know. Did I give her some? I, I don't remember. I don't know. I. Honestly, I don't even know if I ever ate venison before Jacob and I were married. My grandma might have fed it to me and I didn't know, but my dad will not eat it. So my mom eats it, but like my dad even comes over to my house and he's like, I'm not eating that because it's probably deer, you know? So like (laughs) I don't even try with him. I have to buy ground beef and then I like gasp at the price uh, if I want to feed him. But um, yeah. Same as you, you, Amanda, we just mostly ground, like grind most of our meat um, because that's what we use the most. I also, I have it made into Italian sausage and mixed with pork. Um, So we use a ton of that um, and I just substitute it for anything that I make that's would normally be made with ground beef. And we don't know the difference anymore other than we know that it's healthier for us and we know where it came from. Um, But it's not been a a big deal for me. I don't mind it. Um, I still would prefer a beef steak over a deer steak, Amen. but <laughs> I love a, be- a beef steak. But, um, so we mostly, like I said, grind most of our meat because that's how it gets utilized. Otherwise it will sit in the freezer longer because it's just not part of our normal menu. Yeah. That's for us. We do, we're busy and with me working from home and that kind of thing, we do a lot of crock pot meals. And so ground, uh, venison lends better to that sort of thing. So I, so my brother did hunt, like I said, when I was growing up, but I oddly refused to eat venison for whatever reason. And then when I met Jeff and more specifically, probably I would say moved in with my in-laws while we were paying off college and saving up for a house. I mean, that was all they ate. And then when it came to the point that we had our own house and I think it was maybe the first year we got, when we got married, I was like, we don't have enough venison to make it until next season. 
what am I going to do? And yeah, having to buy ground beef, not only because I have to buy it, but then also go through draining the grease. And I was not about that life. Um, I will say that it, it comes in a little contention because my family raises Angus beef cows. Um, <laughs> they don't butcher though. So that's what I keep telling them. I'm just going to keep using venison until you butcher a cow and I can buy some. Um, but we, we cook it mostly ground, um, especially since we process it ourselves. I will say like the best meal I have ever had was this year. Um, one of the deer using the tenderloin fresh marinating it. Um, and then we had potatoes from our garden and it was like amazing to eat a meal that we, we hunted, we killed, we raised, like it was, I think it made it taste a thousand times better. And so I, I just love like when I got my first deer and we're, we were eating it, it's like, I, I went out and killed this and I processed it and no one else had a hand in it. You know, it wasn't going through some processing plant. Like we, we did it all. And, and there's just something really cool about that. We get into a little more, um, small game, I guess. So we do the, we both turkey hunt as well. Um, and I will say that that has been trial and error. Um, we got a a couple turkeys that we didn't end up eating. Um, the first turkey that I got, we, uh, decided to defeather it because that was, you know, what you were supposed to do. And I hate poultry in general. Like I can't handle raw chicken and so it was dark and that's the only way I could pluck the feathers out of that thing. Um, then we learned and we, we kind of butcher it and then freeze it in pieces. So we have wild turkey breasts and I've taken that to work for a food day. Buffalo chicken um, dip with wild turkey is fantastic. And again, like you know where it came from, you, you harvested it. Um, we're currently collecting squirrel legs in the freezer to make squirrel <laughs> wings at some point when we get enough legs. Um, so I'm real, real excited to see where that goes. I've cooked rabbit, but Jeff kind of um, ruined rabbit for us. He is allergic to rabbit, so he can't process it. We thought he was getting poison ivy every time he went rabbit hunting. That's a big tradition with my family is the morning of Thanksgiving, everybody goes rabbit hunting. And his hands would always break out. And so we, we determined through um, going to the doctor every time he touched rabbits that it was the rabbit. So I'm, I'm working up to getting to be able to process a rabbit myself. We'll see if I get there and can, can cook rabbits then. Maybe we should all combine our squirrels and have a, a, a combo squirrel hot legs dinner one yeah. time. Wing, wing night with squirrel legs. There we go. I ate mine already. You would. Well, you're trying to talk my mom into making squirrel pot pie. I am. She makes a killer pot pie. I don't know if you've ever had one of her pot pies. They are top notch. And she said, as long as I, because she won't do it from scratch, but if I cooked the squirrel meat first, she would put it in a pot pie for me. She makes the best peach pie ever. She does. Yes. Thanks, Clara. (laughs) Yeah, I plan to, to do a lot more squirrel hunting next year. Um, because I'm, it's just becoming something I'm more into now. Um, you know, as a kid, we always went squirrel hunting with, you know, a 20 gauge or a 12 gauge. And basically once you shoot one squirrel, 
the woods are empty because that's a loud noise and that really disturbs the woods. Um, so now as an adult, I've gotten more into it with the 22 and having the ability to, you know, shoot at a squirrel and a few minutes later there being another squirrel kind of makes it uh, a lot more exciting and a lot more, you know, you can actually go out and shoot a limit of squirrel where, you know, shooting them with a 12 gauge or a 20 gauge, a lot of times you're getting one or two squirrels and that's, there's not much to show at the end of the day. Right. So Amber, you mentioned one thing about butchering and that reminds me that I want to talk about butchering because I know I've got some butchering stories. So in it, you guys are, are a little different than us in that Right, you kind of grew up in the farm scene, and and you know you were maybe exposed to that. I remember there was one time I came home from deer camp, and Amanda wasn't home, and we always skin and quarter our deer and bring them home in coolers. We, we don't bring them home whole, but then we typically we've got a, a local processor here that will grind and wrap for really cheap, and so we you know like we said we that's the way we use it mostly because of you know we don't have time with kids right to do these big elaborate roasts or dinners or things like that so make it into tacos make it into spaghettis make you know whatever that kind of thing anywho it's cheaper if you bring it in deboned so Amanda comes home and I have a deer hind quarter on our kitchen counter <laughs> deboning this thing and she uh you mentioned you know being weird about poultry and Amanda is like psychotic when it comes to Ooh, that's a strong word. Okay, maybe maybe not maybe not psychotic, but she is um oh, what's the word? I can't even strongly opinionated. Well, she likes things organized and clean. Yes. And strongly so opinionated about germs. Yes. And she was a bit mortified, I guess, that I had a deer quarter and there was like a fruit bowl right there that I didn't move. I probably should have prepared better and like cleared things away. But there was like a fruit bowl next to it that I hadn't moved. She's like, did you splatter on that? I was like, no, there's no splattering. It's fine. It's totally fine. She was, do you remember that? Yes, I do. That Yeah, there was the fruit bowl and there was like baskets and stuff. And I'm like, you could have moved the stuff off of the counter. That was my biggest thing. So do you guys have any butchering stories zero butchering happens at the, <laughs> the jacob sherrett residence zero butchering sir no butchering it has to be completed by the time you arrive at our res residence and it can reside in a cooler until it meets the processor we do not butcher at my house i do not want to see it until it's in a nice little one pound package from the processor because what? i otherwise just, I don't want it hanging from my garage ceiling. I don't, I, I can't hunt because I can't shoot a Bambi. Okay. Right. So I'm, I'm a tender heart. I'm a nurse. I can't shoot something yeah, yeah, like a yeah. rabbit. You talk about eating a rabbit. I will never eat a rabbit. Okay. At least if I'm going to eat it, I want to just see it in a package all pretty for me. I don't, I just can't get myself to the point where I, I don't like to see people's bloody deer pictures like he only shows me a picture of the deer he harvests if it's clean like I don't want to see I just don't like looking at it I'm, I'm in favor of eating it but I don't want it hanging from my ceiling or 
on my countertop, but our countertops are kind of messy, so I, can, I think I'm in the clear there, but um, <laughs> you can't fit a quarter on it. So maybe I'll just keep with that tradition. Well, but, what if he had a table in the garage and he just said, I need you to stay inside and not come out here until I give you the all clear? Would that be acceptable or not acceptable? No butchering, sir. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was trying for you, man. No, I think, I I mean, I respect that. I mean, we don't, like I said, we cut and quarter down at our cabin. It's in a cooler, and I take it straight to the butcher. I don't, um, but, you know, this year we tried deer heart, so I did have some deer hearts and deer livers in our fridge. I just made sure they were cleaned and in Ziplocs presentable, and yeah. presentable. You know, I cleaned them up the best I could. Um, she's wasn't her favorite thing that I was cutting up a deer heart, you know, because obviously when you have a deer heart, you don't eat it whole, you cut it up. Um, but she tolerated it well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's not really... Oh, Our daughter will go out and pet the dead deer. Yeah. <laughs> I, however, will not. She loves it. She don't care. She That's what Ella does too, because they will come here yeah. <laughs> and process the yeah. deer. So yeah. yeah. And I want like a whole setup. I want the outdoor kitchen. I want the walk-in freezer. Like I'm all for turning our our garages detached. And like, how can we rig this up so that it's, you know, a heater so that I'm not freezing when we're cutting it up? And and I will say, I have not always been like that. Um, the, The person who did our wedding, I've known my entire life. And, you know, when we were talking about different things for our wedding and he was like, if you would have told me 10 years ago that you were living out in the country and you were hunting, I would have said you were crazy. I'm like, exactly me too. This is not exactly what I envisioned when I thought of my adult life, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like I, I knew Jeff hunted. Um, you know, like I said, my, my brother hunted all my uncles hunt. My grandparents have a farm, you know, it's, it's been a big family tradition. My dad had coon dogs growing up. So like I'm, I'm, been around it my whole life but I think the tipping point was you got a deer and it was at your parents house and nobody could come help you process it so you were like can you just hold this leg like can can you just hold it so I can use the sawzall I can't do it myself and I'm like divorce (laughs) (laughs) I'm like okay I'll, I'll I'll try and, you know, I did that and then it, it just slowly became more and more that I was involved in the process of it and, and processing it. And so finally he was like, why don't you just go hunting? Like, you know, you're a pretty decent shot. And so, you know, it kind of, kind of morphed into that. And, you know, now some of my, my best female friends hunt. And so it's, it's cool to, to have that, but it definitely was not, I did not grow up hunting and, you know, yes, my family has farms, but not really butchering. Like my nieces, my older nieces, um, they are fully okay with, you know, we have these animals that we kind of treat as pets and then people eat them. And that's just how it works. And our, our oldest niece has, expressed interest in hunting and so Jeff is pretty excited about that I looked up a dove recipe because we're gonna she wants to start small so um they have a dove issue at their house so you know I think she's this year is gonna gonna get to hunt some with her uncle Jeff so you know goes back to what Jacob said about him he does have a heart yeah and one thing where Amber really surprised me was 
when she went hunting for the first time. You know, first time she started big, she went deer hunting. And uh, after being out for a couple of hours, a, a deer walked by. And after a little bit of coaching um, with some couple of issues, you know, she, she ended up shooting. Um, she didn't quite realize, like, how things would be different, you know, in, in the actual moment of being in a ground blind, like of getting the scope at the right distance. So she kept telling me, you know, I can't see it. I can't see. And it's like, it's standing right in front of us. I don't understand why you can't see. Like, I, you know, it's like, what are you talking about? Like the thing walked 10 yards in front of the blind. Like it's right in front of us. Um, but she, she shot it and, when we went over, you know, to the deer, uh, I I went to start gutting it, and it's like, well, you know, you you can look away, like you can go over there, and once I have it gutted, you can come back, you know, because I know you don't want to see this. And no, she she stayed there and watched me, and I didn't cry when I texted my brother to tell him I got my first deer. His first question was. Did you cry? Because everyone fully expected me to just sob <laughs> at this little animal that I had killed. And and I didn't. I was pretty proud of myself. I, I was, uh, I won't get too graphic because I don't want to upset Lindsay. But um, I, dragging the deer back to the house was a little violent for me. I couldn't watch that. But, um, you know, investment four-wheeler with a, with a wagon or something on it. So it's less violent. Yeah, dragging the deer was what got her. You know, like, she's like, you know, shouldn't you be treating it nicer? And it's like, no, it's dead. It's not going to feel anything. And I got to get it back to the house. Like, I, I'm not, you know, going to coddle this thing. Like, it's... So it was a it was a standard deer drag or, like, she said it was, it was more violent than she expected, like... Well, like dragging it like over logs, oh, like right, right, right. you know, yeah. or it, it gets caught on something, and it's not like, you know, it's like it gets caught on something, just go back and. It's a little different than butchering a cow. I mean, that's pretty right yeah. standard. This is involves hiking, and it's heavy, and so it was. It was. It was interesting. You get yeah, to the I... creek, and you got to decide if you're going to caulk the wagon or forge the river. You know, you got <laughs> options. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and I give you credit because I have zero interest in hunting. I think we would maybe process, but we've talked about that before just because we've had issues with processing a little bit. And we've talked about that. But one, I, I agree I would want more space. And two, the time commitment. And we have a kid. And so that's challenging. That makes it challenging because, like, she wants to help in the kitchen. And that's not necessarily something she could help with very well. So... Yeah, it's tough right now. If you guys set up the ultimate butchering space at your house, though, I will be there to use that. So just so you know. Yeah, so go ahead and set that up for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Set up the Ohio Huntsman butchering space, and that would be great. Also, just a little caveat here. Um, it was quite humbling to get the text because when Amber harvested her first deer, we were all long story short, recovering from a hangover from a bachelor party the night before. Um, and Amber went out first thing in the morning and killed a deer. And I was like, well, look at me. I'm the big huntsman here. And I, I'm waking up on a cot. 
you know, after a bachelor party and Amber's out hunting with Jeff and I'm like, oh boy, luckily I went out that evening, opening day evening and harvested a deer. So it took the hurt off a little bit. Cause I, but I was like, oh man, Jeff's wife, she's never hunted and she's killed a deer and I'm sitting here, can't even get my eyes open, <laughs> but yeah. So you guys talked about another topic that I, that gave me another thing to talk about here is intro to shooting. Did you guys introduce your wives to shooting or have they shot before? Girl Scouts, baby. Girl Scouts. Okay. No church camp. Actually my church camp. What kind of church camp did you go to? My church camp. I shot a 22, had my marksman award when I was a kid and um, I bought my first gun when we were married. I have a nine millimeter. I can't shoot it all that great, but um, no, I like to shoot at my grandpa's house. We would shoot in his backyard when I was a kid, or at least like watch my family shoot. So my dad owns an arsenal. So I mean, we we are a gun family. Um, again, that's why we like bought a gun safety book for our kids, and we talk about gun safety and stress that in our home. Um, but no, shooting, I'm completely okay with it. It's not that I don't have any problem with hunting. I just don't want to do it myself. Um, I could maybe shoot an ugly bird. I kind of say that Turkey. Sometimes. You got to start with turkey. <laughs> That's why I said. Because they're like, ugly. They're ugly. So it, it, <laughs> I might be able to shoot a turkey, but I still don't really have all that interest. Like, it's his thing. Like, go ahead and do it. Um, we can go do other things that we enjoy together. So, but anyway, no, shooting was not new for me when, when we got married. Jeff and Amber, was that? Uh... No, Jeff didn't introduce me to shooting. That would be my brother. Um, yeah, we we would shoot at my grandparents' farm. Pretty much any family get together, there is someone out in the pasture with a gun and some sort of target shooting. Um, I grew up with guns in the house um, in a gun cabinet. We have started accumulating a small arsenal, trying to. Um, we got our, well, worked on getting our CCW and all that fun stuff together. Um, we shoot, I mean, that's part of the reason we wanted to buy a house in the country because I want to be able to go out and shoot and not have neighbors angry. Um, we hear lots of shooting around us. So, you know, I, he bought me, well, the story started with, I'm buying you a deer gun. And then he would kindly not refer to it as my gun. But this deer season, I did use it, um, fell in love with it. So, um, you know, I have my own deer gun now, a 44 mag. So I'm, I'm starting, I have my own 22, you know, it's like, if I say I want such and such a gun, it's like, okay, you know, you can have whatever you want type thing. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we, I grew up around it and, and have continued to like it. I've gotten my nieces into it, my oldest nieces, um, into it and my sister, um, like my sister-in-law, so my brother's wife, she shoots and will hunt. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty, pretty big family thing that we do, I guess. Amanda, I don't know the answer to this. Did I, I introduce you to shooting or? Yes, you did. So as I mentioned, my family hunted. And so obviously we had guns in the house and I knew gun safety and all of those things, but had never probably even touched a gun or definitely had not shot a gun until we we're married or we're dating or whatever, but definitely you introduced me to shooting. And I did a poor job of it because I think we shot my 22. You didn't shoot the shotgun, right? 
No. But we shot my 22, my, and it has a scope on it. And, you know, I said, oh, look through there. You know, you kind of move your head to where you can get a full sight picture in the scope. And she kept telling me she can't see. She can't see. I said, I don't know. You, you just got to move the gun around so you get a full picture, you know. I, I don't know why you can't see. So, you know, we kind of continued to shoot the rest of the day, sort of, you know, just intro. And uh, then it, it wasn't until we got home to where it dawned on me, like, I should have checked if she's left or right eye dominant. She's right-handed, so I just put the gun in her right hand and away we go. Well, turns out Amanda is right-handed, but left eye dominant. So she that's why she couldn't see through the scope because it's not her dominant eye. Yeah, so it really wasn't a very good experience because it was you and your dad and your brothers. And I think I was like intimidated anyways. And then you're like, I don't know, you should just be able to see. And I'm like, I can't see. I can't see. So I just kind of, I think, gave up shooting that day. And um, then at home, like you said, then we realized that was the problem. Yeah, so... uh I guess note to anybody out there, check eye dominance first. And then I, um, Jeff and Amber, you mentioned your, your new gun. And I seem to remember a story about Jeff came to the cabin saying, I don't know, I got her this gun. And it's, it's, it's sighted in, but she can't hit anything with it. Yeah. It, it, I kept saying, I don't know. I keep hitting the same spot. I think the scopes off or the guns off or something. And he's like, no, you just must be, you must be off. And then come to find out, no, the gun was off. Yeah. Because it was her gun. So I let her, you know, shoot it. Like I got it close to sighted in and then I got it sighted in and then it was her gun. So she's going to use it for deer season. So she needs to shoot it. And it, you know, she was patterning in this other spot. I would shoot it once bullseye. You know, she'd go back and it'd pattern in the same spot. I'd shoot again, bullseye. And it's like, so either I need to adjust the gun for her or, you know, I don't know what's going on here. And then we stopped that day because she was getting frustrated. I came back, you know, later on and it's like, okay, we got to get this figured out. And I started shooting it again and it's like, oh yeah, no, this thing... This patterning exactly where I had been patterning. <laughs> so it's like, hmm, the gun's not off, huh? But no, I, I, we enjoy hunting and shooting at our house. I think that it's fun like to have, we've had family out and my side of the family can come out and shoot. That's where my niece is shot for the first time. So it's, it's just a neat experience to have with your family. Jeff, didn't you at one point shoot like cross hide or something i don't know the best way to put it like you shot right-handed with your left eye yeah and i i still Could that have played into this story well i i still have to catch myself doing that yeah um sometimes i do shoot cross-eyed i will hold the gun with my right hand and shoot with my left eye because i'm left eye dominant but i've trained myself i guess to uh shoot with my right eye and it 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 works. So I don't, I don't typically now I shoot with both eyes open. Um, even with the scope, I will have both eyes open. Um, and it works. So I don't mess with it. So fair enough. All right. Well, 
we covered a lot of ground in this one, sort of how we deal with balancing family time and hunting time and the things that have worked for us and some of the, some of the struggles we've overcome. Does anybody have any sort of closing thoughts before we wrap it up? Anybody? Jacob's. I want to say that I'm really proud of Jacob and Jason and Jeff and how a lot of families don't stick together in the way that you guys have and that I'm proud that hunting is something that always brings you back to the table and that your dad is really proud of you and that it's just been really nice to keep our family together. It gives us girls a reason to get together for our, you know, like hunting weekend away that we do. It gives us a reason to um, band together and we're all really close and we all get along really nice and our kids get along and I'm just really proud of the family that we've built and how it's expanded with the addition of us fine women. So I, I think, well, I think these men are really lucky that they have us and we're really lucky to have them and they love us and we love them. And I think we all love each other. So we've really banded together and I'm really proud of where the podcast has gone. And so I'm looking forward to what is on the horizon for everybody. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think the fact that the three of you are so close has helped the three of us ladies be closer. Um, and so that's really cool to, I have, I have a sister and a sister-in-law on my side, but, um, also having you guys that are so close as well is, is awesome. And then, yeah, just how, I mean, how the podcast started of you guys do this conversation through text message anyway. So why not have this conversation? And, um, I think this is really cool that you guys are doing this and kind of leaving this legacy, honestly, of, of your, time together and your hunting stories and that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm proud of you guys as well. I'll add for me, my family is not up here where we live. So my family is a couple hours away, three hours away. So it's nice to know that even when Jeff is at the cabin and unreachable that I still have family up here so that if something bad does happen um, or I, I need something that, you know, my my sister-in-laws or my mother-in-law or, you know, whoever will come help or, or will be there for me. Um, so that's that's really nice, you know, to have so I don't feel alone when he's all the way down there. I just want to say you guys are way better at closing thoughts than we are. So I don't... We're emotional. Yeah. You're trying to get all of us all choked up. And so <clears throat> I don't think we could say anything else to, to uh, top that. I want to thank you girls for uh, coming on the show with us. This was fun. I enjoyed this. Thanks thank for you. having us. And... Uh, I think with that, we'll sign off. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you enjoyed this, share it on your social media pages. Share it with your wives. Maybe it'll help start a conversation. Like us, like us on, uh, on the old Facebook and Instagram. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook and Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram. And uh, subscribe to our email newsletter and check out our Eat Local shirts. There'll be links to all of that in the show notes. And as always, thanks everybody for listening. <laughs>